Greetings in the name of Jesus. This is Bishop Harry Wood with Foundational Faith. It's a joy to come to you today, <clears throat> excuse me, with another teaching. And we've been expounding on the Gospel of John in several episodes now. And we have been talking about some of the major theological emphasis of the Gospel of John. And today we want to look at a thought that we will expound further with some uh, other uh episodes that we will deal with this theological theme that the gospel of John reveals to us. And that's the I am of Christ or the I am's of Christ. We can make it plural because we won't go into all seven today, but we will make it a study of the seven. But what we want to do today is first of all, we want to thank you for coming and being a part of foundational faith and the studies and and the uh, podcasting that we're doing here. And we just hope that if you have not went through some of our other uh, podcasts that you would, especially those with the Gospel of John and upon listening to this, and that these studies will be a blessing and an encouragement and a building up of your most holy faith and also uh, maybe uh, even introduce you to Christ if you do not know him. Today, as we look at where we're going. I want to remind us of a passage of scripture that we have been uh, using in the past, and I believe that it's a theme, uh, one of the theme verses of the Gospel of John itself. In John's chapter 20 and verse number 31, but these, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Now, that has been a theme uh, passage of Scripture. But today, we want to look at this in light of the I Am. And in doing so, we realize that the Gospel of John is one of the four Gospels, which reveals the divine revelation of Jesus as the Christ. And yes, the very Son of God, as we just expounded upon the passage of Scripture there in verse 31 of the 20th chapter that tells us that He is the Son of God. And why the gospel itself was even written that we might believe, that we might be able to know, acknowledge that he is, uh, the Christ is the very son of God. The writer gives us the key uh, for writing this gospel with that particular passage of, of scripture that we've quoted. And in doing so, he expounds that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Uh, we're also informed by the writer that we may believe or that we can obtain faith and have the revelation of the deity of Jesus to be the Son of God, resulting in the fact of obtaining life through His, not, uh, through, through his uh, name for those who have faith. John wrote, we've already expounded on this in some of our other teachings, but I believe it would be notable to, to repeat. John wrote to prove that Jesus was the Christ, the promised Messiah for the Jews and the Son of God for the Gentiles, and to lead believers into a life of divine friendship with Him. Now today, I think that's important as we look at the thought of Jesus being the I Am and the multiple uh, applications of who the I Am is in the New Testament writing of the Gospel of John. Now, with the thought of all uh, John himself writes to reveal reveal Jesus as the Son of God, we want to take upon ourselves this study of the seven I Am's of Christ. But in this 
time that we're together in this episode, we want to identify that of him being the I am before we talk about the different different angles of him being the I am's of the seven. Now, also, we could even go and say that I think would be beneficial at this time that there is multiple names that um, important uh, of with that um, of him, the compound names of Jehovah. But we won't address those today. And there's over 360 some compound names. And that brings us back even to the thought of I am. Now, with that being said, let us look at just the term or the terminology of I am today. And with that, we want to acknowledge that there is three thoughts that coincide with each other that are a basic definition for just the term that Christ is the I am. Now, before I give those three coinciding definitions that are very basic, let me just briefly mention the seven I am's that are in the gospel of John. And at a later time, we'll make some more emphasis about each one of these in in future podcasts or our, our, uh, our teachings. The first one is found in John 6 and verse 35, which is that of, I am the bread of life. And then in chapter 8 and verse 12, then in chapter 10 and verse number 7, I'm the door of the sheep. And then in John chapter 10, verses 10 and 11, we find that he is the good shepherd. Then in chapter 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. And then in chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine. Then chapter 14, in verse number 6, we find that Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, as I stated, we will be expounding on each one of these in some future times together. But today, let's go back to the thought that I was giving previously of three basic definitions that coincide with each other. The first one would be that it indicates the name or the wordage or the thought, I am, it is a title indicating self-existence, self-existence. And then from the Hebrew, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but the word would be haya or haya, H-A-Y-A-H. And it basically means which coincides with what we just said, self-existent, which means to exist, to exist. And then, of course, with the understanding that we're receiving the I am's, the seven I am's out of the Gospel of John, which is our New Testament, or portion of our New Testament, we see that it would be from a Greek term, I, me, or I, and then it would be M-E-E, and it means definitely first person, I exist. So we see how these can coexist together. These words are coincide. I mean, coincide is better what I mean. Uh, But from the Greek, that he would be first person, I exist. These definitions may be expounded on to understand the biblical application or applications that are found in Scripture. 
I think what's remarkable that Jesus had a time that he was dealing with that of some of the Jews, and it was a very, a very uh, moment of, I believe, uh, very intense discussion with some of the Jews. And we can find this in the eighth chapter of the book of John. Now let's look at verse number 58 of that eighth chapter of the book of John. And it states there, Jesus said unto them, now that's important because we see from the passage of Scripture that Jesus himself is speaking. Then he makes the explanation or the wordage, verily, verily, which can also be translated or uh, worded, truly, truly. I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Now that's going to be important that we've brought this passage of Scripture up in later times because, at a later time, because we're going to talk about how that God identifies himself as I am. And even the fact that Jesus here himself says before Abraham. So we're going to be identifying, we're going to be uh, studying in the, in the near future about God identifies himself as I am. And then even how he identifies himself to the patriarchs. Now upon this particular day, that Jesus is having this conversation with some of the Jews, Jesus makes a statement here that I believe that is very important because he says, it's true. I'm telling you, I existed before Abraham. And of course, this began to upset the, the Jews. And uh, if you read this passage of scripture, we understand that Jesus was not even 50 years old. And we're talking about, you know, uh, Abraham lived uh, nearly 2,000 years before that. And Jesus is saying that uh, in verse 57, he talks about him being not even 50 years old yet. And uh, hast thou seen Abraham? And then Jesus says, I was before Abraham. And see, that's what's so wonderful about the Gospel of John because the truths that John gives us and we could go into some of that today, and in the future we will, as we continue to expand on the Gospel of John, how that there's the doctrine of the preexistence of Christ, and uh, also uh, which ties in with the incarnation there in chapter 1. And we just want to note that in our thoughts today as we are speaking here. But as we move on, we see that Jesus is telling the Jews that he was definitely before Abraham Jesus was saying two main things here. What were they? First of all, he was making a statement that he was eternal. He was self-existing. And he was the Old Testament Yahweh or Jehovah. Now, that's why we brought up the fact that there's over 360-some compound names that are Jehovah. And let me just mention one, Jehovah Rapha, which is he is our healer, our restorer. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. And another time we may take up on some of these names, the names of God. But today we want to establish one of the theological emphasis of the Gospel of John that Jesus is who he was and that he is and shall always remain to be that he's the I am. He's the self-existent one. He's eternal. Now, in Genesis chapter number 2, I think this is important because 
if he was pre-existent before he ever came in flesh, where did he exist? And what is even uh, beneficial that needs to be emphasized in his pre-existence before he came to this earth as a man? We find in Genesis chapter 2, and we look at verse number 24, which I believe is, excuse me, not verse 24, but verse 4. We find something that I believe that's very important. It says in verse number 4, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God, now I want you to remember what I just said, Lord God, made the earth and the heavens. Now, if you'll turn with me back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, if you have your Bible, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And you can go on through that first chapter of the book of John, excuse me, in the first chapter of the book of Genesis, and I believe there's somewhere between 11 and 13 times. I have it took and reviewed to count again, but I have it one time. Uh, and have a note somewhere, but I don't have it before me. But anyway, many times, several times, the name God is just used. And let me just briefly say something here. Out of the Hebrew, that's Elohim. And that's a name for God, which means it is a uh, the supreme deity. It is also plural. And that's where we get the understanding of the triuneness of God. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus and also God the Holy Ghost. And in creation, we can see all three of them working, and we won't go into all the details of that today. But what I do want to put in your ear today is that with the fact that the term of the wordage here in chapter 2, in verse 4, where it says the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, we don't only just have Elohim, we have the word Lord. And if you have a good a study Bible, a good Bible, uh, way it should be translated, it will be capital. The word Lord will be capital. And that gives us the rendering of Jehovah. It gives us the rendering of I am. So that's why it's important that we've brought this up. In our Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, and verse 4, we are presented, or we have present, the Yahweh of creation. We have Jehovah, we have God, the Father, but we also have Jesus, which is Jehovah, or Yahweh in the Old Testament, and he's there in the midst of creation. Now, before we find a place to close today, because we won't have time to go into some of the other aspects of the I Am that we want to today, and definitely the seven I Ams, I'd like you, if you could, to either make a note of this passage of Scripture or either turn there with us, and we want to turn to that of the uh, book of Colossians, and we want to turn to chapter 1, and we want to look at a passage of Scripture there, verse 16 and 17. It says, For by Him, now we need to make the emphasis of by Him, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or all things were created by him and for him. So everything that is of authority, heaven and earth, everything that's visible, everything that's not visible, 
It was created by him and it was created for him. God and even Jesus, his son, there's a purpose for all that has been created. We may not have a comprehension of why everything's being created. You know, we might not understand why he designed and, and desired and created every insect that he ever created. But God knows and God had a purpose. We look at verse number 17. And he is before all things. That's very important. The Apostle Paul is expounding on, it lines up with John, that he preexisted in John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that brings us back to the fact that actually John 1.1 is older than John, than Genesis 1.1 because in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth in, in Genesis 1.1. Then in John 1.1, and God was the Word, and the Word was with God. Or in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then Paul speaks of this in his writing here, and he is before all things. There's the preexistence. And by him all things consist. Now there's much more here in this passage of Scripture that we could expound on about the importance of who Christ is and the... And the uh, and, and that of him being the Lord and, and uh, the creator and, and everything. Because it even goes into talking about the church and him being ahead of the church. But let's don't go into that today. But I do want to leave us with this thought. We have found that he is the self-existing one through these passages of scriptures that we've shared today. We also have found how it is important for us to realize that the evidence of Jesus being in creation's work and that he existed before creation. So we have revealed to us, I am the self-existing one, which is Jehovah, which is Yahweh. And we today want to close with that thought. But I do want to reemphasize one other thought. And that was what we shared just a few moments ago about why John wrote the Gospel of John, so that we can know that Jesus was the Christ and that he was the very Son of God. And with that, I want to repeat something that I stated earlier, and it's, and it's this. John wrote to give us evidence or to prove that Jesus was the Christ, the promised Messiah, and I want to make this emphasis for the Jew, and the Son of God for the Gentiles, and to lead believers into the life or into a life of divine fellowship with him. There's a wall of petition that has been broken by the great I am. Jew and Gentile can be replaced or be placed back in to relationship with our divine creator that wants to place us in a new creation. That we're restored from that Adamic fall that Adam and Eve sinned, that we become a new creation in Christ. Because he says, old things have passed away. All, behold, all things are become new. God created us in the beginning, and there has been a restoration through I am coming and him being the Savior. 
of the world. I hope that this, this, this study today has been helpful to you. I hope you've received something from it. We look forward to coming in our next session. And we want to talk some more about the I Am revealing himself. Revealing himself. God bless you. And we'll be back in touch soon. Share this teaching with someone else, would you? We would really be pleased if you could do that. If it's been a blessing to you, God bless you.